are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, today I thought I would continue on along the avenue of the wisdom of God. Uh, I, I believe it's a very important thing. I believe we don't stress it as much as we should. Uh, we are talking about the wisdom of God, incidentally, not just any kind of wisdom. Amen? Because there, there is a worldly wisdom the Bible talks about. And it's, uh, actually, the Bible says it's kind of devilish, right? So, so we're not interested in that. What we're interested in is the wisdom of God. Amen? Glory to God. Amen? So let's go and just kind of reiterate a bit. Let's go to, you got your Bibles with you? Just turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. Praise the Lord. Proverbs is a good book. Hallelujah. Lots of good instruction in Proverbs. Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 4. Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine, or good teaching. Forsake not... Forsake ye not my law, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, let thy heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. That's good. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Uh, who's, uh, where's the emphasis put? Where's the emphasis put, brothers and sisters? Get wisdom. Get understanding. The emphasis is on you and me. To get it. To get it. That means it just doesn't come falling out of heaven on you. You got to get it. You got to go get it. If uh, my wife calls for supper and says it's ready, come and get it. That means it's, it's time to come and eat. It's ready. It's prepared. Amen? I got to go get it. it doesn't, she just doesn't come and throw it in my face. Hopefully. <laughs> Amen? Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from, thy word, uh, decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Oops, kind of important here, isn't it? Now, this is the Word of God. This is not Pentecostals talking. This is not Baptists talking. You know, this isn't Charismatics talking or Word of Faith guys talking. This is the Word of God talking. It says wisdom is the principal thing. Okay? Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Praise the Lord. That was Proverbs 4, 1 to 7. Now let's go to Proverbs 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth at the top of high places, by the way in the places of paths. She cries at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O man, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O ye simple, understand wisdom. O ye simple, understand wisdom. That's talking to us. If we're simple in an area, we need to get wisdom. Amen? O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye feel, fools, be of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and opening of my lips shall be right things. My mouth shall speak truth. And wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All 
my, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. That word forward is an interesting word. It means like wreathed. It means like uh, if you were to twist it or uh, disobedient, ungoverning. Amen? Let's just keep that in mind as we're going along. Praise the Lord. Let's continue. They are all plain to him that understandeth, and write to them that findeth knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to compare with it. Wisdom, I wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, and, ev- and, and the evil way. And the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine, sound wisdom, I am understanding, I have strength. By me kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me princes rules, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches are with me. And righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold. And my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and, to, and I will, will fill their treasures. Glory to God, we've got some good things going here. You paying attention? <laughs> the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways, before the works of old. I was set up from everlasting to, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the earth, of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, which incidentally is what Columbus studied on. Understood that God said a compass. Back then they thought the earth was flat. But when, when God... From his word, he explained to him that it's a, he set a compass on the earth. He got to thinking, compass, it's round. Just a little tidbit there. <clears throat> when he established the clouds above, the strengthened, above, above, he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his degree, decree that the water should not pass his commandment. That's why the ties only go so far, man. God just commanded to them that they'll only go so far, and that's it. When he appointed the fountains of the earth, when uh, then I was by him as one brought up with him and I was daily his delight rejoicing always before him rejoicing in the habitable part of the earth and my delights are with the sons of men now therefore hearken unto me O your children for blessed are thee that keep my ways hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not blessed is the man that heareth me watching daily at my gates waiting at the posts of my door for whoso findeth me Findeth life and shall obtain favor with the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. And they that hate me love death. Wow, a lot said there in a short period of time. I suggest you read that yourself. Go over that. See, we're talking about the wisdom of God. And how it pertains to you and me. Amen? You see, 
a wise person, a wise person, a prudent person, a wise person would have to understand what has happened to him. Amen? That would be just wise, wouldn't it? And one thing I want to deal with today, actually, I missed one thing. I want uh, just one thing here. Uh, Proverbs 9. Give instruction to the wise, wise man, and he will be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by him are thy days multiplied, and the years of thy life increased. For if thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. Interesting. You know, when wisdom comes, brothers and sisters, on one hand, it brings longevity. Did it not just say that? That it would increase, give you life, increase your days? And on the other hand, the Bible says that it brings wealth and riches. So if you're interested in living long and living prosperous, then you're going to want to hear us said here today. Anybody interested in that? Anybody interested in their days being increased? Anybody interested in, 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 in living long? You know, the Bible says that you're not supposed to die young. You realize that? You realize that when somebody dies at, at, at 20, 30, 40, whatever it is, those young years, 50, 60, 70, young years, you realize that that's not the will of God? You realize that, you know, Job says that we'd be like an old big old chuck of corn. Growed right up, filled out full, well in years before we go. Not, how, how many know that when the corn is just breaking out of the ground and you've got a little leaf there, that's not the proper time for it to be taken away. You realize that, right? You realize that, that for young people to die young, or to die and, 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 and not fulfill their days is not the will of God. I don't care which, who, who you are as a preacher. If you stand up and say that, that God had just taken them, you've, you've preached wrong. You, you, you've lacked understanding. No, what happened was Satan come on and beat us in the game of life. That's what really happened. That's, that's not make excuses. The word of God is what it is. It's true. If there's a problem, it's us. It's not God. He didn't change his mind along the way. So it's important that we get this wisdom. It's important that we get this understanding. Amen? It is what it is. Now you can believe this or not. You can take it with you or leave it. But if you're wise, you'll heed the word of God. And don't just pay attention to me. Go into the Bible and check it out for yourself. You know, don't, don't, just, don't just go and say, oh, this is what John said. No, no. You know, you've got to go in there and you've got to get it for yourself. You've got to get these words, the words of God. You've got to get them from here and you've got to get them down in here so that anything contrary to the word of God hurts you inside. Anything contrary to the word of God hurts you inside. When somebody speaks contrary of it, you can't stand it. You've got to speak. When something goes crossways of it, you can't take it. Because you've got the word of God in your heart so strong, it's hidden in there like David did. It's hidden in there, and you cannot do nothing but live according to it. Amen? So that's wise. It's wise for a person to figure that out. It's wise. If you're, if you're having problems in your finances, that's not God's will. You realize that the wisest person in the Bible was also the richest? That was Solomon. He, you know what? You remember the story? You remember, he, you, know, you know, Solomon had something going for himself before he ever even asked for wisdom. 
he had killed a lot. They've made a lot of sacrifices. There was a lot of offerings given to God, a lot of offerings given to God, a lot of offerings given to God. And finally, the Lord came to him and says, what do you want? He says, well, he says, you're with my father. And he said, you know, he said, I, I, he's put me, you've put me in this position of leadership. And he says, I, I don't know how to lead your people. They're so great and mighty. I, I pray you would give me wisdom on how I could properly do this. And it pleased the Lord. And he said, because you have asked for this and not riches and not long life, I am going to give you wisdom above all. And along with it, you're going to get the long life and you're going to get the riches. You should do some studying on Solomon. You should, you should do some studying on and find out exactly what was going on. In. I'll tell you, there was a queen that came to his place. There was a queen. Now, this is not, she's not living in poverty. Her name, she was the Queen of Sheba. And she traveled. In those days, you'd have to travel for a long time to get there. It wasn't just an afternoon jaunt. You didn't just hop in your Cadillac and sail on over there. There were rough roads. It was dusty. Might have traveled for even a year to get over there. But when she got to Solomon's place, and she saw what God had done in his life, and the way he had things arrayed, and the excellence that he had, and the way he did things, and the, and, and the wisdom that was involved. You know what the Bible says? This is a queen. The Bible says it took her breath away. It took her breath away. She went, oh, I've never seen the half of it. She, that's what she said. The half of it wasn't even told me how excellent things are here. Now where did all that come from? That didn't come from Solomon's out of him. It came from the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Glory to God. And you know what? That woman, I bet that queen would have gone back home and she'd have done things differently in her place. She'd have started changing things. Her servants wouldn't have been sloppy. The way she'd have set her silverware out, all the kinds of stuff she'd done, the way she set her table, the way she had her servants, you know, behaving and all that, would have all changed because she got an example from Solomon. And that example came from God. So you see, wisdom's important. Now you know what? In your and I life, your life and my life, right here, right now, today, how is this all going to be pertinent to us? Well, you know, a wise person will understand where he, who he is and what has happened to him. You know, a wise person will understand the new birth. What's taking place in your life? So there's things that have happened there that if you don't spend time with the word, if you don't spend time understanding what's going on, you're going you're gonna to just kind of slide through it all and you're just going to go, oh sure, you, you, you've, you've let the Lord Jesus into your heart and, and you believe he's your savior and you believe he's the Lord of your life. But are you going to have a, what, what, what's your relationship like with him? What's my relationship like? What, what, what's happened? What's transpired? What's taken place? Is it just a religious tradition? Is it just something that we do religiously? Or did something actually take place in your life when you asked Jesus into your heart and got born again? Is, it, is, is, this, is this some sort of a Casper sort of ghost thing? Or is this something real? Did something transpire? Were you born into another kingdom? Were you taken out of a kingdom? And put in and translated into a kingdom. Well, yes, the Bible says that. The Bible says that you were taken out of the kingdom of darkness under Satan's rule and you were translated into the kingdom of Jesus Christ and his rule. Totally different kingdom, 
totally different set of rules, totally different, uh, totally different Lord. A much better Lord. A much, much better Lord. That means you've got a much, much better life. But if you never spend any time to find out what's happened, that would not be wise, brothers and sisters. Because there's things that are going by you that are rightfully yours, and you're missing them. I'm missing them. You see, brothers and sisters, we need to understand our rights and privileges. Rights and privileges. Just let me... A privilege. I just wrote this down because I thought it was pretty good. Because this is very, very pertinent to you and me. Privilege. Dictionary Webster's definition. A separate and personal advantage. A prerogative. Immunity or exemption. To grant some right or exemption. So, <laughs> we've been given an advantage. The rights and privileges that have been given to us gives us an advantage. An advantage. That puts us on the winning side. <laughs> I'm getting some looks in here. Some of you are looking all like, like a little puppy with a new dish. You know? <laughs> rights and privileges you you've been given certain rights but but you know what you have to get them you, if listen if if i if i give you something and you never bother to find out what it is and you never take advantage of it what good is it what good is it what where's the advantage if you don't take what is rightfully yours what if i don't take what's rightfully mine to be honest with you as a father, it would touch my heart. It would hurt my heart if my children wouldn't have anything to do with what I'd given them. If they wouldn't exercise their rights and privileges. If they wouldn't come home, sit on my knee, the girls or whatever, give me a kiss, hug. That's all my rights and privileges. If they, if that's their right and their privilege to come and hug their dad and kiss him, whatever. Tell them they love him. If they never exercised any of that, do you think that would be good for me? That would bother me. Same as for you. If you will never exercise what God has done for you, if I'll never do that, that's hard on his heart. He's made a way for us. Rights and privileges. Rights and privileges. Do you know that you need to put your claim in? <laughs> I'm going to give you just a simple little easy lesson here. Put your claim in. Put your claim in. It's based on the word. Put your claim in. Bind the enemy. Because he's going to try to counter, he's going to try to be counterproductive. Bind the enemy. So put your claim in. Bind the enemy and get the angels going on your behalf. Set the angels on you. Loose the angels to work on your behalf. Because you know what the Bible says? They hearken at the word of God. They're waiting. They say, "Okay, dummy, when are you going to when are you going to set me loose? When are you going to tell me to get doing dumb?" That's what the angels are ready, waiting for you. Be wise. Get them busy. Because they can get a lot done. Some of them angels, they're big. Tall. They're, they're in this room right now. There's angels here right now. And if the Lord opens your eyes, spiritual eyes, let us know. If he doesn't, you believe it anyway. Because they're here. 
They're working on our behalf right now. This is not phony. This is real. Get it in your heart, brothers and sisters. So, to recap on that, put your claim in. It's based on the word. Put your claim in. Bind Satan. When you bind him, he's bound. You have power and authority to do that. Bind him. Stop him right in his tracks. Say, no, you're not going any farther. In the name of Jesus, you are finished. Take your hands off of that situation. It's not going to happen. Now, angels, in the name of Jesus, I loosed you to be about the Father's business, about doing that, about setting that into array, getting that, getting that thing set out, getting that thing fixed and organized. Bring in your money. I've got a couple of you there. Bring in your money. Because they'll go to work for you. It's all part of wisdom. It's all part of the Word of God. Glory to God. There's people here that could testify to that. They could stand up right now and go, Yeah, that's for me. It happened. Huh? Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is stuff is real, brothers and sisters. This is real. The wisdom of God. Boy, I better get going here, eh? Thank you, Jesus. Galatians 3.13 says, now this is part of our rights and privileges, it says, now, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Did you know you were redeemed from the curse of the law? Did you know that you're redeemed? You're set aside? Redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse of the law, if you were to study that, because you, you, you're not going to find it really in the New Testament, you're going back in the Old Testament and you start studying the, the, the curse of the law, you'll, you'll find that in Genesis, of course, Adam sinned, right? The Bible says he died. Well, he didn't die physically, but he died spiritually. So spiritual death is part of the curse of the law. Sickness and poverty is another part of it. Start studying De Deuteronomy 28. You'll find out that for people who disobeyed, who are against the word of God, who, who uh, wouldn't pay attention, sickness and disease was all part of their life, in their life. There was a lot of things that took place. The Bible says that you could choose death, you could choose life. Choose it. Well, I thought God just worked that all out and I'd have life. No, 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 no. The Bible says, no, you choose it. You choose life, you choose death. Uh, could that be true? Uh, you mean to say I've been choosing death? Let's stop and think of that. Hold that, hold that thought for a bit as we go on. Okay. Rights and privileges. We've, not, we're on, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We are. This is B. That was A. This is B. We are the sons of God. <laughs> Interesting. We are the sons of God. That means you, you daughters are too. You know, there's neither male nor, male nor female. We're talking about you are the sons of God. We are a son of God. We are a son of God. Does sonship mean anything to us? A wise person finds out who he is. You are a son of God. If you are a son of God, what does that entail? What does it mean to be a son of God? Galatians. Let's go over to the book of Galatians. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Galatians, third chapter. 21st. Is the law then against the promise of God? God forbid. For if there 
had been a law given which could have given life verily righteousness should have been by the law but the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe but before faith came we were under the law shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed see there's the we were we have been redeemed from that because of faith we've been redeemed about the old redeemed from the curse of the law the old way wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us into Christ unto Christ that we might be justified by faith but after the faith is come we are no longer a schoolmaster for we are all got your Bibles out there you're reading this for we are all the children of God by fight by faith in Christ Jesus for as many as you have been baptized on Christ have put on Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek there's neither bond nor free there's neither male nor female for ye are all one in Christ Jesus and if you be Christ then you are get this if you're Christ then you be Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise a son of God entitles you to an heir to be an heir to the promises you ever study Abraham that man was a blessed man and the Bible says because he believed God it was accounted unto him to righteousness you see if you want to be in right standing you want to be righteous it's not self-righteousness if you want to be righteous if you want to have right standing that's what righteousness means you have right standing you believe God you believe him you trust in him you trust in his word and that'll give you right standing see that's a wise person a wise person will pay attention to the fact that you are a son of God okay Galatians 4 1 to 7 now I say that the heir is long as he is a child differeth nothing from the servant though he be Lord of all but under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father even so we when we were children we were in bondage under the elements of the world but when the fullness of time was come God sent forth his son made of the woman made under the law to redeem that that were to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons we've been adopted into the family glory to God and because you are sons God has sent forth the spirit of a son into your hearts crying Abba father because you're a son God sent his spirit and now you have fellowship with our father you cry Abba father glory Abba just means father daddy daddy that's the best translation of that he's your daddy glory to God he's your daddy he's not some guy up there with a big long white beard and a stick that wants to beat you every time you make a mistake that's not our father he's your daddy he loves you climb up on his knee and tell him so glory to God God has sent forth the spirit of his son to cry into your hearts crying Abba father wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son and if a son then an heir to God through Christ heirs to God glory to God that is exciting that means what heaven's God's yours I said what heaven's God's yours God, what heaven's got is yours can we believe that can, you see that's kind of far out there a little bit you got to really stretch a bit don't you to think that all of heaven could be behind me that what heaven when I call on the name of Jesus heaven takes pays attention little old me down here in Cold Lake sitting in my little corner that I can call on heaven and heaven rallies around me 
Yes, that's exactly what the word says. It's exactly what the word says. So that means your problem right now is starting to look a little smaller, isn't it? Your problem's starting to look a little smaller because all of heaven is ready to stand up on your behalf. You think, you remember when Stephen was stoned? Do you remember what Jesus did? You remember that Jesus stood up at his coming. <laughs> Jesus paid attention. Stood up. Heaven stands up for you, brothers and sisters. Heaven stands up for me. See, a wise individual begins to understand some of this. You see, you're not supposed to be downtrodden. You're not supposed to be, I don't care what age you're getting to be. I don't care how young or how old you are. We are not supposed to be giving up. If you're satisfied, the Bible says that with long life will he satisfy you and give you his, show you his salvation. If you're satisfied, if you're 90 or 100 years old or whatever, and you're satisfied, okay, go on home. You don't, don't need to go home with sickness and disease. Wow, John, how would you ever die if you didn't have sickness? Oh, yes. No, no. You don't need sickness and disease to go home. God, just take your spirit. It's time. I'm ready to go, Father. I've lived long. I've done, I fulfilled my, my, my duty. I've done what I'm supposed to do. I'm, 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 I'm satisfied. I'm ready to go home. Sure. Mm-hmm. You read some testimonies of that. Study, study, study on that a little bit. You'll find that there are individuals who when the, angel, angel, the death angel came to them, they said, hold it now. Now this was a preacher for one. He said, excuse me, you'll have to wait till I'm done my sermon. Then I'll go with you. He spoke to the death angel and said, excuse me, you'll, you'll have to wait till I've done my sermon. Then I'll go home. Preached his message, went back up, sat on the podium, and went home. The whole crowd heard it. It was on the front page of the news. Glory to God. Come on. A wise person begins to understand some of this. A wise person begins to understand that maybe there's more to it than my little way of thinking. Maybe maybe I'm just not quite got to the end yet. Maybe I haven't figured everything out. Maybe I am doing some things wrong. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's a big amen on that. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, brothers and sisters, we need to get rid of our sin mentality. You see, you you may make some mistakes and do some sins, but you're not a sinner. Your title is not sinner. Your title is son. You're a son. A son. A son. Not a sinner. Get rid of that mentality. If you make a mistake, which we all do, I've made them too, but where do you go? You go to your daddy when you made a mistake and, and, and he's, got, he's made provision for you and your mistakes. It's called the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. We don't have to stay in that sin state. We're out of that. We are born into the family of God. Sonship. Hallelujah. Right standing with God. We can boldly go before, the, before God and make our requests known. Hallelujah. Boldly go before the throne. Not cowering. You're a son. As a son, you can go before your father boldly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
There's another one here. It's called Have What You Say. I'm not going to get too big into that because we've always talked about our words. And I, I emphasize that every time I pre- preach here pretty much. Watch what you say. It can get you in trouble. You can be a son of God. Okay? You can have, understand your privileges, rights and privileges. But if you cross-circuit the thing by talking contrary to the word, what's the sense? Get your words right. Line them up with the word of God. Okay? But here's another one I want to touch on that we don't talk about much. And it's called discernment. A wise person has discernment. Discernment, I mean, you can get all goofy with discernment. But discernment really basically means knowing the difference. I see a wise person will discern between what's good and what's bad. A wise person will discern between what is precious and what is worthless or vanity. You see, this is an area where we in the body of Christ are having a bit of problem. Is our area of discernment. Because a lot of times we're putting more attention, more, we're putting more focus on things that are really more in the vanity area than what is really precious. Because it's, it's important. What is precious? I'm going to read something out of the Amplified. Glory to God. In Colossians. No, first of all, Philippians. Philippians 1 and 9. Paul. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to the fullness, the fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight that you may, that your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. Colossians 1.9 For this reason, we also from the day we heard of it, have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you, asking that you may be filled with the full deep and clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. See, a wise person will discern between good and evil and precious and worthless there's a whole story in Mark about a young woman. Well, I didn't say young, just a woman that came before Jesus with an alabaster box. And if you read the scriptures there, you'll find that one, there was two particular views on this whole thing. She took this precious, it was, the Bible says it was very precious, took this alabaster box full of perfume, spikenard, or nard, okay? And she poured it over Jesus' head. Well, the Bible says that it was very precious, and the reason it was very precious, it was expensive. It was about a year's wages. A year's wages. So today that could be 50000 Could be double that. Depends on your wage. So let's say it is even fifty. She took $50,000 worth of perfume, broke the box, and poured it over his head. To her, that was very precious. It was also, it was her special thing too, right? The Bible says that those around her had indignation. And they said, what is with this waste? This could have been sold for 300 pence. Given to the poor. All sounds pretty good. But Jesus said, you leave her alone. 
You'll always have the poor. In fact, he said, wherever this word is preached throughout the whole earth, I'm going to see to it that her, that this, what she did for me is going to be recorded and preached throughout the whole world. You see, she took what was precious to her and she gave it to Jesus. And there's those around that thought that was a waste. See, two totally different views. One thought it was wasteful. One thought it was precious. Jesus thought it was precious. Amen? So you see, we can have a different view on precious and worthlessness too. The Bible says, in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, it talks about us being redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. Precious. You see, what's really precious is the blood of Jesus. Let's go on. James 5, 7 says that the Lord of the harvest, he waits for the precious fruit of the earth. You realize that when you look at those two words, that they have the same root word? In other words, he puts the people, God, our Father, puts the fruit of the earth, which is the people, of course, the people, puts them in the same category and uses the same root word for them as the blood of Jesus? Come on. Have we ever really looked at it that way? That is how precious the people are around you to God. It's that they are as precious as the blood of Jesus. Turn to the person beside you and say, you're precious. In other words, the one that you just wanted to blow off the highway because they passed you kind of sideways, wrong way, that one's precious. The one that you, you know, flipped, well, whatever, you shouldn't have done it, but you did it. That one's precious. The ones you work with that curse and swear and bug you, they are most precious in the sight of God. Your brothers and sisters precious you see if we'll begin to study this and get and attain on some wisdom we'll begin to change our whole view our whole view of people we'll begin to we'll begin to understand and see them how God sees them precious do you realize that that same word is, is precious describes the precious promises of God so we've got the blood of Jesus Precious promises and the people all in one category. <laughs> Glory to God. Have we been doing things wrong or what? Huh? Have we had the wrong attitude or what? My goodness, we have missed it. We forgot about the most important thing. We forgot about the most precious thing there was. And that's the people around us. Wow. I think we need to change something. I think I need to change my attitude a bit. Wow, was the Lord ever dealing with me on some of this? There are some areas that can, you can just push my button. There are some areas you can just push my button. God started talking to me about that button. Best I pull it out of the panel. I don't want that button in my panel. I don't want nobody to come up to my panel and be able to push that button and set me off. 
I want to change my attitude towards people. I want to see people like the Lord sees them, precious in his sight. That's why he sent his holy word, his precious promises. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross. It wasn't just for you. It wasn't just for me. It was for this precious fruit of the earth. And the Bible says that he, not only are they precious, but he has patience for them. Patience for them. Let's, you and I, do at least the same. Let's have patience with people. Let's love them. Let's change the way we've been doing things. Let's put more focus on things that are precious. You know that a fool is somebody who doesn't understand what's precious. You know that a fool will take a rusty old pistol, point it in somebody's face, and kill them for a wad of, 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 of green paper? Do you know that there are people that will go out there and they will have no, have no <coughs> regard for their bodies? Because health is not precious to them. They will do things to themselves that are contrary to their body. They'll drink until they fall over. They'll use substances. But then they're not thinking about what's really precious. You see, you never know what's precious until you're about to lose it. If you're going to lose your health, you'll find out how precious it is. You see, a wise person pays attention. A wise person thinks down the line a bit and says, hold it, if I do this, what's the repercussions? If I take this drug, if I use this drug, if I do this, if I do that, what are the repercussions? No, a wise person follows what the Bible says. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Pay attention. Look after it. Keep it nice and tidy. Keep it up. Look after it. Don't just let everything loose. That's foolishness. It's foolishness. Pay attention. It's all true. We have to smarten up. We have to. We have to smarten up, brothers and sisters. We have to be wise. We have to be wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. That's what the Bible says. Cunning. Wisdom. Use wisdom. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. We got through that, didn't we? Amen? Hallelujah. You see, <clears throat> if we're never challenged in some of these areas, we'll miss out. Do you agree? Do you agree that it's important that the Lord sometimes jerks our channel a bit and says, hey, come on, son. You can do better than that. You can pay more attention. You can be wiser than that. Amen? Glory to God. Well, God bless you all. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the wisest thing for you to do today is ponder on that for a second or two, count the costs of it, and that you would give your life to Jesus would be the wisest thing you could do because it sets you up for an eternity of blessing. Amen? And I would be honored, if you want, to lead you to Jesus today. 
I'm suggesting if you're serious that you get out of your chair and that you would come up front here and that you would tell all the world and you tell all of heaven and all of hell that you're serious about serving Jesus. You're serious about making a choice for him. Yeah, it might be hard. Everything inside of you might be just jumping and leaping and, and, and your stomach's just going all sideways and everything. But you've overcome that fear. You overcome that fear of man and you stand up and you say, no, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'd be honored to do that today. So if that's you, you can come anytime after we're, I'm going to dismiss, dismiss people here. You come. If you need prayer for any reason, there's people here <clears throat> that will stand with you. I'll pray with you, whatever. Glory to God. And we'll, uh, we'll see a victory in your life because you're going to come up here and you're going to believe. You're going to come up here and you're going to trust God. And it's going to make a difference. Father, we praise you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that we are leaving this place today wiser than when we came in, Father. We thank you, Father, that we can trust in you. We can trust in your word. And, Father, we're going to be as wise as the Bereans. We're going to just not hear this and, 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 and just put it aside. We're going to go home and we're going to check it out. We're going to check out those scriptures and see if it's thus and so. And if it is, we're going to follow after you and we're going to press into you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You've been so good. And uh, go out this week and be successful in everything you do. And tell somebody how much God loves them and how precious they are. Amen? God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.